Hello and welcome to the Victory Church Daily Podcast. I'm Mitch Horton and you're listening to the Victory Church Daily Podcasts, a short message designed to help people become all that God created them to be and live their life to the fullest. We cover a variety of topics all centered around practical Christian living. We keep this podcast completely free so that it's accessible to everyone. All that we ask is that if you enjoy it, please share it and leave us a review. This helps us get our message out. Thanks for listening. Now let's go get to it. Hello again and welcome to the Victory Church Daily Podcast. Pastor Mitch Horton here. I hope your day is good. I uh, am excited to be with you again today. Had a great time with the Lord this morning. And, you know, I'll tell you, when you get up in the morning, spend time with the Lord, it just makes the whole day different. I've done this many, many years. I'm so thankful back in the 80s when I was a young man in my 20s, God spoke to me to give him tithe the first portion of my day to him. If you'll do that, it'll make a lot of difference in your life. And we've been talking about divine healing. It'll also it'll also give you physical health because it'll enable God. You, you, you enable God by giving him time for him to speak to you and talk to you about life. And then you have opportunities also to get in the Word. So again, let me encourage you as we get into this, uh, subscribe if you haven't to the podcast, share them with your friends, and email me your questions, comments, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. We've been talking about healing hindrances, past number of podcasts, uh, four major categories of hindrances to healing. Again, Jesus has provided healing for us. But we've got to make sure we're in position to receive. And sometimes there can be roadblocks to health. There can be hindrances to healing. We've mentioned negative emotions. We've, we've uh, mentioned the misuse of the body. We've mentioned last time unforgiveness. Today, the fourth major category of healing hindrance is disobedience. And I, I want to go into this today and and uh, share some things that I shared in an earlier podcast some weeks ago, but it's re- so important. I, want, I feel like I need to hit it again. James 4.17 says this, Remember it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Wow. So, you know, uh, another portion of sin is disobedience. And sometimes we know what to do, but for whatever reason, we're not willing to do what we know God wants us to do, and friends, if if you know if we if we have that kind of mindset, it, it can put us in a position that we that we're unable to receive the best that God has for life. You know, we can't judge. The only thing we can judge, the Scripture said, Jesus said, you know, Matthew seven, judge not that you be not judged. Well, you know what we can do is we can look at outward behavior and say this is right, this is wrong, shouldn't do this, shouldn't talk that, yada yada yada. We can judge outward things, but what we can't do is judge the intents of a person heart, a person's heart, why they do what they do. So, you know, again, we can't see some some disobedience. You can't see it may look like I'm doing everything I ought to do, but it could be that while I'm doing what I do, I'm not obeying what God said for me to do. And that can put us in a position that we're unable to receive the best that God has for us. And that, in that sense, could be a roadblock or a, a, a hindrance to healing. Uh, I mentioned... Um, I mentioned uh, so, again some uh, some podcasts ago, some weeks ago. Um, Kenneth Hagen. This couple of things made an indelible print on me uh, when I was very young, and boy, I really have thought about these things 
quite a bit in, as, in applying them to me. Kenneth Hagin mentioned um, an example uh, as he was teaching on healing about being in a church somewhere in Texas, and uh, there was a, a, a lady, a pastor asked him to go to the hospital and pray for a lady, I think she was in her late 50s, and so he got to the hospital room and was uh, about to pray for her, and, uh, and, he, and he laid his hands on her, but, but he could hardly, he couldn't, he had a hard time saying the word heal. He would say, God, I ask you in Jesus' name, heal, and he just had a hard time forming the word heal. He did it several times, and he said he almost felt like a hand was taking his hand off of her as he laid his hands on the lady, uh, as Kenneth Hagin laid his hands on her to pray for her to be healed. And uh, so he backed up and said, ma'am, is there something I need to know? And the lady said, God called me to be a missionary when I was 13 years old. She said to Kenneth Hagin, you'll not be able to pray for me and, uh, and get me healed. My, my health has broken all of my life. I've never had good health and then she told him the story of being 13 years old. A missionary had come to their church and showing the wares from the country where he ministered and such. And, and, and while he was there speaking and, and, and preaching in the church when she was young, God called her to be a missionary in another land. And uh, she told Kenneth Hagin, said, I so wanted to be, a, to be married, to be a mother, to raise my children, to have a normal family that even though I felt like God wanted me to do that, I decided that I didn't want to do that, that I could support missionaries. And, you know, my husband and I, when I got married, you know, we could give our money to missions work and, and through our church support missionaries and such. And in that way, I could feel I could fulfill the call of God. And she said, when I made that decision, I've never been healthy all of my adult life. And here she was in her late 50s and Kenneth Hagin un unable to pray for her. And, you know, boy, I tell you, that, no, I, I heard that when I was young. I was in my 20s, and it, it really made it in, an indelible print on me. And it made me search my heart. Am I willing to do what God wants me to do? You know, let me just say that every, everything that God wants us to do is not always convenient, but it's always good for us. And sometimes there's a sacrifice in the beginning stages of what God has asked you to do. If you're not willing to make those sacrifices, see, then, then sometimes we don't put ourselves in position to receive the best that God has for us. So, you know, for me, I just want to make sure, listen, I, I regularly play God, pray, God, if there's something else you want me to be doing, if you've got a change of, of anything I'm about, anything I'm doing, anything I'm giving my life to, you know, I want to obey. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, and, and, and he didn't want to go to the cross. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, your will be done. So again, you know, uh, he even sought God about his will. And, and, you know, we all need to have those Gethsemane experiences where we say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. And, and you've got to go there in your life if you want God's best for you. I encourage you, if you don't pray that way, Take some time regularly and say, God, my life is yours. My life is not my own. Whatever you want of me, I'm willing to give it. Isaiah 119 and 20 says this, If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, God was speaking to disobedient Israel there, and, and he wanted, God, wanted his best for them. And he told them, if you'll obey me, you'll have my best. That's basically what he was saying. But if you don't obey me, 
you're going to have a lot of trouble in life. And that's the way it is. Again, James 4, 17, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. One other illustration, I mentioned this some podcasts ago as well. When I started a church in a small town in South Carolina back in 1988, there was a wonderful man that, that helped me and my family. My, my Sarah and Jonathan were very small. And, and, and Susan actually was pregnant with Jessica and had Jessica the December after we had moved to that town, September of 1988. And we were just really busy as young parents and just starting a church. And I mean, it was just crazy. And this man was a real help to us. I mean, seriously, this man was just so, there's a man in our church, so nice. But uh, one day I got a call. Uh, late at night, he had uh, <clears throat> he had uh, um, uh, gone unconscious, had a headache, actually had a cerebral hemorrhage. And by the time I got to the hospital, his breathing was automatic. His eyes were sunken in his head. They had all kinds of tubes, I mean, I mean just all kinds of things attached to him, all kinds of monitors and, you know, all kinds of intravenous lines and such and all kinds of medications. And, but his, his breathing was automatic. And, and you could tell I've been in I've been in rooms where people were about to die. And that was him. And then his wife was, you see, it's, had such a, such a, a look of, of um, consternation on her face. And so I, I went into the emergency area, prayed for him. When I went, to, I had the same experience that Kenneth Hagin had with that man, um, with that lady, I mean. Uh, when I went to pray for him, I could hardly say the word heal. And it felt like my hand, I just couldn't hardly lay my hand on him. And I, I did it just like Kenneth Hagin. I was so surprised I had that experience. But again, you know, uh, I uh, backed up and said, ma'am, to his wife, ma'am, is there something I need to know? And she took me into her room and told me that the doctor had spoken to her husband, this wonderful man that was in my church. He smoked. And she said that the doctor spoke to him several weeks prior and said, sir, if you value your life, your relationship with your family, and you want to be with them, you need to stop smoking today. For if not, that smoking is going to take your life. And, you know, he was so addicted to nicotine that... Uh, he did. He never stopped smoking, and uh, he died. And uh, anyway, a lot of complications as a result. Don't have time for the whole story, but, you know, the main crust of that was this man, again, was in his 50s and late 50s and, you know, should have lived a long time to see his, his children's children, and uh, his life was cut short. So, again, there's really something to knowing what you ought to do and doing it. If you know what you ought to do and don't do it, it can be problematic. So it can be problematic with respect to your life, just the, the, the focus of your life and what you're doing with your life in general. Or if you're doing something specifically and God's saying, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Maybe you're overeating. Maybe you're, you know, not doing something that, you know, God's asked you to do. Um, maybe you have a physical habit that's a detriment to your health. And the Holy Spirit keeps saying, don't, 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 stop, stop, stop. If we don't listen, sooner or later. You know, as the old farmer said, your chickens are going to come home to roost. So, again, there's something about disobedience that can hinder the healing power that God has for us. Here's a guy in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 5 that was in sin, and uh, he was having intimate relationship with his stepmother. Mother, and it was a t not even in Roman culture did people do stuff like that, you know. And it, it was a very, it was a pagan culture, and and they had lots of sexual sin, but this was not even known among them. And here's the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 5, 3 through 5. For, in, for I indeed as absent in body but present in spirit have already judged as though I were present uh, with him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together, along with my spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan. Now listen, deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, 
that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. What in the world is the apostle Paul saying? He delivered that guy. That is, he said, God, take your protective covering away from this man's life. This man is in sin. He wants to be in sin. He knows what he's doing is wrong. He knows what he ought to do and he's not doing it. And it's affecting other people like yeast and a batch of dough. And he said, <laughs> excuse me, he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to turn him over to Satan. So he basically said, God, let your protective hand be off of his life, Satan. You have permission. And uh, uh, why did he do that? Because when the man got sick, the man got sick. And, um, you know, when you're lying flat on your back and you can't do anything and you can't participate in the things that you were doing that you willfully wanted to do that you know you're wrong, you know, sometimes it brings a real change of heart. It did with this man. In fact, 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul said, you know, uh, welcome this man back into your fellowship because he had repented lest he be consumed with too much sorrow. So, you know, wow, that's a, that's a strong, strong lesson, isn't it? So, but, but, you know, it is a lesson to us that sin in all of its varied forms, now, it may not be as flagrant as this man in 1 Corinthians 5, but listen, sin in all of its varied forms opens the door to the adversary to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, you remember John 10, 10, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, destroy. I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So again, boy, we need to really check ourselves. And if there's something that, uh, you know, we're doing that is that we know is wrong, we know is disobedient, we keep doing it. You know, be, be aware that like that man in 1 Corinthians 5, we could, we could open the door to the enemy to come and, and steal and kill and destroy in us. And let me also mention, see, that self-will, doing what I want to do with my life in the light of knowing what God wants me to do and it's something different. See, that sin, whether it's macro looking at the whole of life and, and what you're involved in with your life or whether it's micro, that is some something in life that you know you're participating in that is wrong. We need to keep those, we need to keep those things right with God. We need to repent of sin if we're doing something that we know God doesn't want us to be involved in or if our life is not going the direction that he's called us to go. We need to deal with those things either way because so those things are disobedience and they can hinder us from receiving God's best. Many people fail to receive God's best because they're not in position because of personal self-will. And, and let me also say this. Some people think, well, if I don't get too close to God, even though I'm saved, as long as I don't get too close, then, you know, if God wants me to do something I won't, don't want to do, then I won't hear him. And then I won't be responsible, you know, uh, for doing what what I know I ought to do because I won't know it because I never got close enough to hear. That is a really bad idea. I hope nobody listening has that kind of mindset because, listen, how many know we're responsible to be the person that God's called us to be in the body of Christ once we're saved? We're responsible. We will, st we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every Christian will. That reward seat of Christ. And he's going to talk to us about what we did after salvation, but he's going to look through the lens of what he called us to do. And if we didn't take the time to get close, he's still going to, we're still going to, he's going to talk to us about what we failed to do, even though we didn't take time to get close enough to hear. And you know, some people may be in that category. I really encourage you, my friend, if you want God's best, get close to him, seek his face, be willing, 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 willing to obey him. 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 27 through uh, 32, listen to this, it's talking about the communion table. It says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner 
will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That's really strong, strong language, isn't it? For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Other translations say die early. For if we would, then he says, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So, you know, there is a place for self-judgment. What is self-judgment? If I know I'm going the wrong direction in my life as a whole, I repent. That's self-judgment saying, God, you want me to do this? I'm willing. You know, all of us need to have this time where we say before God, Lord, if you want me in ministry, I'm willing to submit to that. Lord, if you want me to obey you and do this, I'm willing to do that. If you want me to move and go there and do that, I'm willing to do that. You know, I've always been willing to do that. And I want to encourage you to be willing. Be willing to do what God wants you to do. And if he speaks to you, obey. If he doesn't speak to you, keep doing what you know to do. But it's really, really important that we, that we judge ourselves. The communion time is a time of self-judgment where we look at everything we're doing, the macro, the micro, and we say, God, is there anything that I need to change about how I'm living my life? For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Some people bring judgment on themselves, so to speak, because they're, they're not walking in the best that God has for them. And, the, and, and God can only get, go so far and get so close. And then sometimes they open the door to the enemy. So make sure the door is closed and, you know, you'll be blessed. Let me end with this story, going a little bit longer than normal today. But again, here's another story that Kenneth Hagin told us students at Rainbow Bible College. And I, was, uh, I went there 40 years ago. Uh, uh, said it, there was a man and he was praying for a man and uh, praying for the man. He was ill and sick and such and, and praying for him not to die, praying for God to heal him. And, and the Lord spoke to Kenneth Hagin said, and, and, um, uh, and, and said, well, well, I, I'd, I'd really, it'd be better for him not to be. And, and it shocked Kenneth Hagin. He said, what? And the Lord said to Kenneth Hagin, said, there, there, there'll not be a better time for this man to go ahead and go home to be with me to heaven He's saved. He's finally got his life in order. He hasn't lived for God all of his life. And finally, finally now, this is the first time in his life, the Lord said to Kenneth Hagin that he's walked with me. His finances are in order. His family is in order. He's, he's, he's gotten himself back in fellowship with me. He's been away from me. He wouldn't, wouldn't live right for any length of time. But here he is, and, and, and it'd be better for him just to come on home. Now, y'all... When I heard that, that, it's like, wow. You know, you see two things. See a lot of mercy there. God has a lot of mercy and grace on people more, more often than we do. And, you know, God sees the end from the beginning. So, you know, be careful uh, in judging what happens in a person's life. That's the reason when, when somebody dies, and I'm not saying that everybody that dies early, that that's the problem. It could be they just didn't have sufficient faith. It could be a thousand and one reasons. You know, get your mind off all that. I keep my mind off of what happens to other people, and I keep myself focused on me and the Lord. You know, I don't judge myself in the light of what happens to someone else. I judge myself in the light of the word. If I do that, then, then I'm going to be a safe, I'm going to be safe. So encourage you again. Wow, 
you know, uh, God has a lot of mercy. So many times, sometimes, not, not all the time, but sometimes when a person dies early, sometimes, sometimes they forfeited their right to God's best. And see, think of that in context of you and where you're living. And don't judge other people and don't judge any situation that may be close to you where somebody died early. Don't do that. Let, let the, leave that all in the Lord's hands. My encouragement, all I'm trying to get across is disobedience can hinder the best that God has for us when it comes to divine health and divine healing. D- disobedience in the macro, that is, in generally what you're giving your life to doing and what your life call is, and then in the micro, in, in just the specific things. We need to be obeying God, and that way we close the door on the enemy. Father, I just pray for all of us today that every person that is listening to this podcast, Lord, may they experience the best that you have. And Lord, we want to say thank you for the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that he's inside of us. He's our teacher, our helper. He's our guide. And Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. And Lord, as we, as we, as we get before you in our personal times with you, speak to us, talk to us, help us to be willing, help us to be obedient so we can have the best that you've called us to have in physical health. In Jesus' name. God bless you, my friend. Looking forward to talking to you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Daily Podcast. I hope that you were able to get something out of the message today. Be sure to tune in daily Monday through Friday for more messages like this one. You'll also find our church sermons posted here from Sundays and Wednesdays. Let me also encourage you to get involved in a local church. The Bible consistently stresses the importance of getting plugged in with a group of like-minded believers. If you're local to Raleigh, you can check out our church services here at Victory Church on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Lastly, you want to reach out with some questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Before you leave, please make sure that you subscribe and go leave us a review. Each review goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be.